in a fucking dining room. Welcome to the Film Find, the greatest movie podcast ever. Assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before, I'm your host, Adam Porchis, and we're back again. And I'm joined by Matt Smith. Hey, everybody. We're back uh, after a week off uh, drinking debauchery at uh, Dragon Con. Uh, you do what you do, and you try to remember as much as you can. As, as you may uh, well know out there, listeners, uh, when you're at these things, uh, you're not watching movies, really. No, uh, and no. especially not at Dragon Con where you just fucking stay yeah. all day. You can't you can't do a lot of goings, uh, comings and goings. You know, you can go a couple of places, but not a whole lot. So and and frankly, kinda, why would you want to? It's all there, really, and you can just get you know plastered on all kinds of concoctions, and and meet fans of the fucking show, Matt. Yes, I mean that that in of itself was a blast to sit there just go around and lend like several times just go are you and i'm like what fucking get the, our stupid fucking selves and yeah. of all the shows look twi- at those fat fucking look idiots. at those fat assholes those gotta be the assholes i listen to every week. you sound like those pricks i listen to that hate stuff and fucking <laughs> curse a lot is that you yeah that, it is it it's is. us we're we're here Talking at celebrities and costumes. <laughs> hey, what are you doing? Um, so yeah, man, uh, it was a good time. I was um, I was hammered most of the time. I'll be honest. A good like day and a half. You were just gone. Yeah. No. Well, there was a bit. So uh, my cousin uh, came over and statute uh-huh. of limitations. Um, you know, he gave you some uh, we party party stuff. We, we partied some a little bit. Let's and just whatnot. and and whatnots. And uh, you know, we kind of partied a little bit. And so it was fun. It was good times. And uh, you know, Dragon Con was had, man. And uh, hey, so uh, like, uh, uh, fucking doors are opening up for uh, Marriott next year fairly soon here. So uh, already got the monies ready and uh, ready, to rocking and rolling, baby. Hell yeah! Well, so, uh, uh, hopefully, I'll fingers crossed uh, have found employment somewhere nearby or that will pay me enough to be able to make it again next uh, year. You know, just scratch a little bit of change together. You know how it be. I'm. I'll work. on <laughs> but uh so we got a we got a pretty jam-packed show here. Um so we kind it's, of but it's gonna be a really odd structure. It's for very this show. it's very weird. It's not gonna be the traditional uh kind of what you've been watching, then we kind of go into a full release review because we only really have one release that Matt and I both saw. But fear not. We didn't just review one movie. We're not the slash film cast. I love those guys, but we're not them. We do more than one movie. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, uh, we, we got a lot of stuff. So we both saw Sully. Yes. And uh, we will talk about that at shorter length yeah. than probably, uh, you would expect or exactly as long as you would expect. If you saw it, I mean, it was number one at the box office, man. So it, uh-huh. it got, some, oh, it's doing well. It got some traction. It's got, it's got, it's uh, certified fresh audiences like it. Uh, critics like it. Everybody, uh, seems to be enjoyment of it. And we'll talk about, you know. That, I guess. And, of course, but we got other stuff. So I saw uh, When the Bow Breaks, uh, the the new, um, you know, uh, thriller of sorts, I guess we could call is it. Is it how close of a remake is it of The Hand That Rocks the Cradle? It's been a while since I've seen Hand That Rocks the Cradle, <laughs> but it's not really. Okay. Chris Christopher Hansen? Chris Hansen? No, what's his name? God damn it. What's the director of that? He did also did L.A. Confidential. Curtis Hansen. Curtis Hansen. I knew it was yeah. a C in it. I knew Hansen was at the end. I knew there was a C in there. I'm like, Chris Hansen's the guy who, for, that says, uh, will you please have a seat over there? <laughs> That's the other guy. Uh, no, this, this there's some a... eliminating cookies. Why don't you go and check those out? <laughs> yes. But not not that guy, but the guy who did LA Confidential. Uh, but no, we'll, we'll talk about that. I also got to see a movie that I had not seen a trailer for. I had done nothing. I scantly knew the title. It was called. Uh-huh. It's called uh, uh, the, the Disappointments Room, which I'm sorry. I and I'll get into why it's called that. But it you're you're just setting yourself up with that title. 
Yeah. If you're if you're a filmmaker, you're setting yourself up with the title uh, of just going, "Hey, I'm gonna make Gene Shalit's fucking day." Do you do you think that Gene uh, Shalit's still should, alive? Isn't he? Uh, you sure. Okay. I haven't seen that he's died. All right, fair enough. Uh, Would um, anyone notice? <laughs> here, here's the thing. I'm an if, if you want filmmakers to uh, not telegraph these things to you, um, and we'll talk about the movie shortly, mm-hmm. uh, do you think that it's too late to petition James Cameron to make at least one of the Avatar movies have the word disappointment in it? Oh, I, I think they should probably all be. I, th- I think they should be called the disappointment films. And and can we retroactively title the first Avatar to have something with disappointment in it? Avatar. The <laughs> what? I'm sorry. We're, we're still doing more of these. <laughs> the, uh, three the, of them. Right? I, I'll say this, man. The hubris Four? on that motherfucker to do three more movies to just go like, okay, like he's taken he's taken Lucas level and really just shot it out of the fucking roof. Well. Uh, who even cares anymore, man? The time to make that fucking sequel is like 2011. Have that Strike shit in theaters. while it's fucking hot, bro. It was like... It About was, eight years too late, man. Yeah, and everybody's just like... I mean, in the, in the first one... They're not even shooting the second one yet. It's not even fucking actually happening yet. Yeah, it's it's still not there. So you're looking at 2018, bare minimum. Oh, I guarantee that shit will be Christmas 2019. More than I, likely. I know. I think they're planning on 2018, but I guarantee that movie is not coming out until 2019. And, and a decade later. This will be, I'm predicting this, these three movies will be, if not the end, damn near, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb. I'm going to go out on a limb here in September of 2016 and saying, these three Avatar movies, if indeed we get three, which I'm still at this point going to say that we're not going to get three. No, but I think I think we'll definitely get two. But I think what's going to happen is the second one's going to come out. It's not going to be good. And they're going to be like, okay, Cameron, wrap it the fuck up, man. Yeah, they'll cram it all into one thing. Or just give it to somebody else. <laughs> I don't know. But because they're, I think they're shooting them, shooting them all congruently, if memory yeah, serves. Y- yes, concurrently, yes. Uh, so, But here's the thing. I uh-huh. think... This could, if not, put the death nail in his... He's done. I think Jim Cameron is done as a filmmaker if these movies bomb, which I believe that they will. Well, I don't well, know. We'll see. Because he's uh, such a smart guy. He's, he is a great filmmaker. Avatar taken away, even. I mean, Avatar notwithstanding, let's put it that way. Uh, he's still a great filmmaker. But yeah. I just don't... He's off the deep end. He has gotten into that Lucas world where he he farts and he goes, "Is someone making muffins?" Well, of course they are. Fart uh, muffins. Yeah, he's he's you're making blueberry muffins yeah, well, out never, of your own you fucking farts. You never had farts, a fart muffin man. before, bro? Not not in, not in these <laughs> jeans. Uh, <laughs> they're new though, so it's it, there's still time. Uh, but it, it's so he just buys his own shit so hardcore and like he can sit there and just go like, "Look, man." Got the highest grossing movie all fucking time. What are you going to do about it? And the thing is this, you know, we we really can't say shit to that because it is true. But it's just, it was happenstance, man. It was like the, it was the 3D gimmickry of it all. It was, you know, it just, it fell at the right place at the right time. I think all the planets were aligned for that movie to do as well as it did. And him not striking while the iron is hot there is really going to be to his detriment, I think. And I think I, I just think he's lost it. I, I don't know that he's going to be able to get it back. He'll do he'll do crazy, you know, fucking um, you know, submarine solo submarine fucking movies, documentaries, or whatever the fuck. But he's he's not going to put out another you know Terminator, for example. Okay. I don't even think he could put out a. I, and here's the bitch. Here's the bitch. We have so many, and you and I watch them. We have so many shitty fucking action movies these days. Do you think James Cameron could sit back and just go, hmm, maybe I'll do like another True Lies type movie? Not True Lies, but a True Lies type of movie. He could not do that shit anymore. He I don't just, think he. I don't think he's interested, man. He's he, not. He's, he's gone and he's interested in the technology now. That's yeah. really what he's interested in. And that's and that's why, you know, and that's what really got Lucas into all the trilogy shit, man, is that he just goes like, look, I have an infinite toy box to play with now, and I can do anything that I want in any manner that I want, and no one can tell me no. And that's a dangerous place for a, a filmmaker to be sometimes. 
Well, so you've got those movies. I'm watching those. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to be talking about a Bollywood film named Akira. Yeah, man, that, has that nothing Japanese. To do no? with, nothing to do with uh, a pretty good anime that I would never go see in a theater. I'm because gonna, of who else would be in the theater. Well, that's true. And I'll say this, Akira, overrated. It's good. It's it's good. It's good. It's overrated, though. I also, like, and it's not just Akira. I will never go see any anime in a theater that is being attended by anyone other than me. It's pretty tough. It's I'm pretty, just not going to do it. Pretty tough call. I don't want to hear about One Punch Man. I don't want to hear about Attack on Titan. I don't want to listen to your Naruto conversations. I kind of did want to see the, the the live action Attack on Titan just because I, I heard. I mean, it looks I, cool. I will gladly watch and talk about all of that stuff with people who don't go to the theater to see anime. They are a uh, special breed. If you, you we, I had a great story. This is I, be, t- I teach a lot of them. Anyway, this <laughs> no, hold <laughs> this on movie. I got hold on. Great. No, let's let, let me get the movie out of all the right. way before we move. So this movie is not that movie. Okay. It's a Bollywood action film. That has uh, a lot of problems. Okay. That's all I'll say right now. Go ahead with your story about anime people. Okay, so check this out. This was years ago. Uh, my dad and my brother and I were in a Best Buy. We're all kind of... You remember when Best Buy used to have kind of like the really kind of tall sort of racks where all the DVDs and stuff were? Yeah, when just, they had like a, a deep uh, catalog. Yeah, you could, where you could really kind of go down the aisles proper. And they were like about six and a half feet tall. They're, yep. they're, they're pretty big. And you could just walk around in there and stuff. And so we're all, we're, you know, everybody's kind of off in their own section looking at stuff. And all of a sudden, this big dude, I, I mean, like, probably 500 pounds, squatty, just big motherfucker. Yeah. Just starts, like, I, I'm off in the corner. My dad's, you know, probably about, you know, 20 yards to my left. And all of a sudden, this big dude just kind of just starts talking. And I look over, and my dad's like, what the hell's going on here? Turns out he was just... He was just like he saw my dad and just started talking him up about some sort of crazy anime shit. And at first he was my dad was like, I thought he was just talking to himself and then like, you know, 15 seconds in I'm like, holy shit, he's talking to me. <laughs> and this guy just like the saddest just anime fan just really uh, you know, unprovoked just starts going off about what his favorite shit is because he's got no one else to talk to about it. And just just with sweatpants and all, just like, hey, so this person does this, and that person does this, but he never knows about this one. And it was just the most awkward, and, and he was just like, and then he saw me and Mark, and then we were just, we saw what was going down, so we were just like, we're fucking leaving. He comes in, he goes, thanks a lot, assholes. This guy starts talking to me, and you guys just jet. So I'm standing there just going... Uh, yeah okay uh, sure sure things <laughs> we're like we're not getting caught up in that web of bullshit i gotta go man <laughs> it's just like you should have just turned and walked away i don't think you'd have been hurting anybody's feelings oh it was bad don't be an anime person they're they're not the best though my brother is the weird combination of nerd like he's he likes the, he likes some anime stuff he's not like a deep one or anything he'll watch them and stuff but he's not like to that level but he is that weird combination of like redneck and anime fan doesn't really happen very often, but when it does, it's it's pretty special. <laughs> so you got that movie. What else? So the other thing I went to go see, went to go see Morgan. Uh, now, I little, wanted little to... Little film directed by Luke Scott. I wanted to see Morgan. The problem was, is every show here was at 4 p.m. and 10 p.m. Same here. Uh, Fucked up, it, man. It, it did not do well. And I had, I had to, and I'm like, look, I can't go see, like, at 4 o'clock, I'm at work, and at 10 o'clock, I'll be there till midnight. I got to be up at, like, 5 o'clock in the morning, so it's not going to happen. Yeah, well, so this movie is not tearing up shit. Uh, so it came out last weekend, right? Uh, opened in 2,000 theaters, so wide, yeah, that's a and big one. On, only pulled in $2 million, opened up in 18th. Yowza. Yeah, so far only three point seven million now. And you figure with the advertising and stuff. I mean, v- being very ex machina esque. Well, this, if you will. this is the problem. Uh, the the trailer uh, is shit. Oh yeah. The trailer is a shit trailer for this movie. And I stopped watching the trailer uh, just as soon as like you know it, it kind of showed she has some powers and stuff because I didn't want to know nothing about it. Well, go and see this flick, man. I do want to uh, see it. Well, we'll talk about why in just a moment. Okay. Uh, 
So, uh, so I guess we'll do those first, and then we'll just talk about Sully and get the fuck out of here. Yeah. All right. So uh, first up, uh, I saw uh, when the bow breaks. This yeah, is, let's talk about this one. Uh, so this is the new one. Morris Chestnut is now for two years in a row being the guy who's in a relationship, and uh, things go. Pardon me. Things go south. Yeah, uh, because a, a crazy third party enters uh, his relationship. Last year, in uh, a perfect, uh, the, the perfect man or a perfect man, the, per- the perfect guy, the perfect guy. Oh, jeez. Yeah, such such great descriptive titles. Um, he, he well, you know, the perfect man was already taken. It was that uh, Hillary Duff Heather Locklear movie from the mid two thousands. Oh, but of course. So uh, <laughs> you know, guy had to be the one that he guy, guy had to go. Um, but no, so he, he dealt with like a crazy guy who wanted to, uh, you know, get with his lady and everything and was just a real psychopath. And this one, he deals with a, uh, another, with a lady this time who's a real psychopath. So Morris Chestnut and Regina Hall play a husband and wife. And here's the IMDb plotline. A surrogate mom for a couple becomes dangerously obsessed with the soon-to-be father. Now, this is uh, directed by, uh, John Cesar or John Caesar, uh, who I actually like. Because uh, he was always my favorite director on 24. So he comes, he has a real long uh, lineage of uh, television and stuff. And I always, I always liked his, uh, his touch in TV stuff. It always looked, you know, pretty yeah, darn he was good. A, he was a producer on 24 too, right? Oh yeah, big time. So he, yeah. he was with that show forever and a day. And, you know, he did some, he did some shit on like, say, Fringe and, uh, you know, everything from like Criminal Minds to, you know, Lefim Nikita, you name it. Dude's been working for a long time. Big, heavy, Kung heavy. Kung Fu the legend right? continues. Yeah. Good. I mean, big, big time guy here. Emmys and all that kind of shit. Yeah. So big dude. Uh, so he always makes some stuff that looks really fucking pretty and this movie is gorgeous looking it is shot really really well uh it takes place in new orleans and everything uh they play a couple trying to have a baby and uh can't they've got some frozen embryos and they're down to like their last one and everything because you know um artificial insemination has not been working at this point and so they uh, they meet with a uh, well they don't meet with her but they kind of looking through all the surrogates and stuff like that and a lady played uh, named by uh, Jazz Sinclair she's a newcomer I guess because that's when they say introducing you know yes uh, so she plays a surrogate lady that she's in there so young girl about twenty one years old real pretty and everything seems kind of you know uh, maybe a little naive or something she's got a boyfriend who uh, is a fiance actually who's going to be going into the military he's played by uh, Theo Rossi. Uh, who's actually pretty good. And um, so she's just like, hey, I'm going to take the baby. He's going to get deployed off overseas and everything uh, with the military and whatnot. He comes back. uh, You know, I have the baby. You guys get the baby. We get some money. And then, you know, he can open up his, you know, whatever fuck business that he's doing. Right. And, uh, and you know things start things are going well everything's going out and uh, so this couple they're like a really uh, well-to-do couple and everything so they've got plenty of bread lying around and uh, before he leaves off on his uh, you know military tour and everything uh, he turns out one night he like starts to beat her after she's already been you know uh, inse- uh, not inseminated that's not really the right word in this case um, not after the embryo has yeah, been implanted there you go there you go I don't know I'm not I'm not a medical man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you mean a doctor? A doctor. I'm not a medical man. You know those medical people? What with the hats and the thing? What are they called again? What's oh, the building Lord. with all the patients and the doctors? Uh, no, but so so he kind of beats her up a little bit, and then she kind of they're like, hey, she's got no place else to go. We'll take her in. So she comes into their palatial, uh, you know, mansion and everything. They give her a little guest house and all that kind of stuff, and things seem a little bit off. So this movie kind of turns into sort of fatal attraction, uh, sort of thing. That's the closest thing I can really bring it to. Uh-huh. Uh, but has like a, has like a uh, you know a baby involved. This movie's pretty good. <laughs> it's just like I'd put it on the exact same level as a, as a, the perfect guy. Uh, if you watch that and you know you enjoy it well enough, you'll enjoy this. It's uh, it, it's a decent, fun little thriller. It didn't go exactly how I I felt, but it's it's pretty paint by numbers. But it does so in just enough of a way to where you enjoy it. And let me tell you, they they're smart because number one. I can't believe this is a PG-13 movie. I just I was like, what is the rating on this? Because there's no real like explicit nudity, but there's one scene where you're just where like thinking back on them like, wow, that made a PG-13. Amazing. Because it's it's a violent image, let's just put it that way. Uh, violence is always PG-13. I guess so. 
I mean, this was this was hardcore for a PG thirteen, I think at least. Yeah. But um, but it's good. Now I will say this: the audience, the audience that I saw it with, absolutely loved it. So I mean, if you're smart, go see this movie with an audience because black audiences are the best for these types of movies. Because the entire time it was just I, they were just voicing everything that everyone was thinking of. Don't do that. Don't go there. It was great. But the, I'll say this. They did not care for the end. The end did leave like a little kind of like trail off sort of thing to where you don't exactly. I mean, you know what kind of figures out at the end and all that kind of stuff, but it's more like a uh, credits are going up and it's kind of a, a slow pull away from the house and everything. And they're just and it, it kind of left a little bit of stuff open. So I don't know. Yeah, but it was and they were there were some people that were uh, pissed on that. And it's always fun to see uh, Michael Kenneth Williams and stuff too, just being being him. <laughs> But it's okay. but it's a good well, enough I, flick. Look, I mean, I, if you like that kind of stuff, I mean, uh, there's there's well, a lot of. Well, I like Morris these- Chestnut, and we and we both uh, agreed that while terrible, um, uh, the perfect guy was like worth a look. Yeah, that was. I think I would say this one is a little bit um, a little bit more serious than that one. Okay. It's a little bit more serious, but yeah, I would say because that that film was like a little too overwrought. It don't like it. It came off uh, like it was so earnest sometimes that it was almost like a parody. Yeah, we'll talk about another movie that did that. That did that. <laughs> that, that I've seen uh, that I saw this week. So, but it's so, decent. But I but I like Morris Chestnut. I w- I will watch this movie. Oh, um, he's very compelling. I, just, I mean, he's a good looking dude. Wish, I wish that both he and Regina Hall uh, could get better projects. Yeah, but I mean, here's the thing. Like, and I don't even want to. Like I said, I I even put this. Take it a step above the the slight schlockiness that we got with um that we got with the perfect guy because it's a step ab- I'd say it's a step above that movie actually. Oh, that, that's fine, but you know, like even even some uh, like films that this is clearly in the in the same uh, kind of generic realm. Yeah. As uh, like uh, those actors got for the most part better choices mm-hmm. than than those movies. Uh, and it just seems like for some reason uh, Hollywood is very content on having like major African American actors kind of be stuck in like B grade thrillers. Yeah, and and honestly, you you look at all the all the performances in this movie. Any of these cats could be. Well, it's in- got fucking Romany Malco, right? Yeah. Like, um, I don't know. Also, Jazz Sinclair is like the only good thing about Paper Towns. Yeah, she's she's that uh, guy's uh, girlfriend that ends up coming on the road trip at the end of that. Oh, is that because I look at the girl and I'm just like she's she's she looks familiar, familiar but that, I can't that's place her it. big thing. Yeah, okay, that was that one. No, nah, but she's really really good in this. She she plays a she plays a great psycho. But what I like also too is that there's a lot of she's got like a lot of sincerity, but there's always a li- there's a little something behind the eyes that even if you don't know what's like you don't know the trailer or anything, you can see that there's a little something back there too, and and that takes some skill to pull off, I think. Yeah. Well, and you know, like uh, you know, if you're a Morris Chestnut fan, uh, there will be a best man uh, wedding coming soon. I'm sure there will be. No, it, it is. It's <laughs> no, coming. No, no, there is. <laughs> Definitely coming. And Regina Hall will be back in that too. So oh, there you go. But uh, yeah, give, give give these people some more work, Hollywood, that, that are in probably a little <laughs> bit better films than this. All right, so uh, let me jump in, and All I'll right. go through one of mine. Uh, so, so I saw this film, Akira. And uh, for English release, apparently, uh, for some reason, they've added additional um, uh, words to the title, I guess, to distinguish it. Um, so Not if the called, lady's face didn't distinguish it enough. but Yeah, so this is a Hindi film. It's, uh, it's, a, it's uh, called Nam Hai Akira, but Akira is the actual original title. Okay. Um, and uh, the IMDb uh, says this, a gripping action thriller about a college girl, Akira, who has grown up with the ideals of being self-reliant. Her life spirals out of control when she becomes unwittingly involved in a crime involving four corrupt police officers. Uh, this movie starts out pretty fucking strong, actually. Um, there's a really great opening sequence that kind of gets into her backstory, um, uh, where she's a little girl whose uh, friend in her village uh, has acid thrown in her face for rejecting a guy. And um, she names uh, the people um, and they slash her face for it. So she's uh, slightly scarred, although very little. Um, And uh, after that happens, she goes into martial arts training 
and uh, eventually just kicks one one of those dudes' asses and uh, gets sent to um, uh, a reform program. Okay, I'm going to pause it right here for half a second. Please tell me this is just a remake of Thriller with uh, with Bollywood. No. Damn it. Boy, that'd be bitching, wouldn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So anyway, she goes to she goes to this reform school and gets out, and afterward uh, decides uh, that she or her husband or brother, sorry, decides that um, uh, she and her mother are moving with him uh, to Mumbai, and she's going to start attending college there. Uh, at college, all sorts of shit starts to go wrong. Uh, there are like students that she's beaten the shit out of, uh, who are like stalking her and talking shit. Uh, she becomes targeted by the police who are corrupt. Um, she's locked away eventually in an insane asylum. Um, it gets nuts. This movie gets way nuts. Uh, it's entertaining, but it has a lot of issues. Uh, so first the couple of good things, um, the action scenes are really well done. Uh, they're interesting. They're shot well, uh, and exciting. Uh, also the lead, uh, Sonakshi Sina is, uh, really good. Um, unfortunately she cannot save this movie. Um, the plot is overly convoluted which I know from my mild experience watching Bollywood movies is, is somewhat typical. Um, a lot's going on in a Bollywood film all the time. Uh, but here it's like needlessly complicated. There are times when you're spending more time, uh, especially in the first half of the film away from the title character than learning anything about what she's even doing. Hmm. Um, so you end up spending a lot of time with the corrupt cops you spend a lot of time with like random people uh, in the school, and um, it, it's just a weird structure uh, that you know I would chalk up to me not being used to. But looking over all of the comments online from people uh, who go to Bollywood cinema all the time, i.e., Indians, um, it, it seems like this is just a, a problem with this movie, particularly. Um, hmm. And, and I noticed it. Like I said, I've seen Bollywood cinema before, uh, although it's very infrequently, admittedly. Um, so uh, here's the thing. Um, this movie is entertaining, but apparently it's a remake, hmm. okay, of a Tamil language film. So this one's in Hindi. And this happens all the time in Bollywood. Uh, one film will come out and be very successful. And so, like, someone else will basically just rip it off and remake it. Uh, in the other dominant language, right? So Hindi and Tamil um, languages. And uh, apparently that that movie is very good and was a massive hit. And this one is like just a ripoff and tries to be cool uh, action thriller and just convolutes the shit out of all kinds of stuff. Um, so that's, uh, that's my excursion into foreign cinema this week. Uh, I'll try to do this more often because, uh, the AMC by the house plays a lot of, in, uh, Indian films. Um, and there was one coming up that looks, uh, just fucking nuts. Uh, and I can't remember what the title is. So sorry. Uh, what else did you see this week? Uh, so I also saw the disappointments room. Uh, so this is a movie that, uh, because I went to go see this one because it was out at 7, I could watch it at 7.30 as opposed to having to wait till all the way to 10 p.m. to see Morgan. Right. Uh, so I had no idea what this movie was. I had no idea who was in it. I had nothing. Saw no trailer. Had no clue. I knew it was rated R, and that was about it. <laughs> so here's okay. the, here's the IMDb plot line. Uh, this a mother and her young son release uh, an unima- in, yeah unimaginable horrors from the attic of their rural rural dream home. I always have a problem with that word. Uh, this is directed by DJ Caruso, written by DJ Caruso, and of all people, Wentworth Miller. I don't know. Uh, so DJ Caruso, for those of you who don't know, I, I would say serviceable director enough, not great. But yeah, you know, he's if, all right. if you got to have a guy to put in your stuff, you know he's okay. He did like I am number four, Eagle Eye, Disturbia, uh, Two for the Money, 
uh, fucking taking lives. I, re- I I did taking lives back in the day on a fucking no wait that was something else I did that had an Angelina Jolie thing in it. But you know he's an okay director. He's yeah. maybe not amazing, but serviceable enough. He's a guy that you go to. I think if you need you know a name but not a big you a, you need a name but you can't pay a big name <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, well, I mean, I I I still really like taking lives, but after that he kind of became a go-to guy. Yeah, exactly. So this uh, stars uh, Kate Beckinsale, a uh, little kid named uh, Duncan Joyner, and I forget the other guy's name, the uh, the main cat in it. Uh Mel Rado, I believe. Um so this this couple and and their son are uh, kind of moving out into uh uh, I it's I think North Carolina, okay. from, from what I from what I c- kind of gather later on in the movie, so the kind of a small town in North Carolina, and they bought this big giant house, so a large place for three people and everything, and um, they're trying to just kind of get their life back together, and so you get little kind of flashbacks here and there that uh, you know the wife. Maybe a little bit on the kooky side. Something kind of went wrong in the past. We're not really sure who it is. And Kate Beckinsale is like, I mean, I, I like Kate Beckinsale a lot. But uh, it is weird sometimes seeing her as blonde when you so many times are seeing her as a brunette. Yes. Uh, so it was, at first it's just like, who is this? Is that, it kind of, no, that can't, no, it is her <laughs> kind of things. Because they don't have any title cards. And honest to God, I didn't know who the fuck was in this. And, uh, and crazy things start to happen. Uh, so they find, uh, so she's plays like kind of an architect or whatever. And, uh, so they're said, we're moving away from New York city. We're coming down to the rural country here. She's going to take the uh, house plans for this place. We're going to renovate it. She's going to kind of get her mind straight and everything. Right. Yeah. And, uh, just to kind of get away from whatever demons that happen to be there. We don't know what those are, but we do, we do find out later. Um, this movie is, it looks really good. It's it's got a high it's got a pretty a pretty decent patina on it but you can tell that it's low budget. Yeah. There's a, there's a scene at the beginning where they're kind of uh riding in the car and it's done with kind of a very sort of cheap rain effect. You know how it's just like you just put a black cyclorama around everything and then you just kind of throw in some rain and stuff and you know a little bit of light here and there. So at first I'm just like, "Oh boy, this is not going to be very good. It's very kind of cheap." But it doesn't it it kind of shows like the production design of stuff shows it's lacking a little bit, but it's, but it looks good. It's, it doesn't okay. look, it doesn't look cheap, but just looks like it was done cheaply. I right. guess. Um, this movie is bad. It okay. is uh it's, it's rocking a 34 on Metascore right now. It's got a big fat zero on the RT. Oh, does it? Wow. Yeah. Here's the thing, man. So everybody, like you said, that this thing was it was pretty bad rating on IMDb or uh, 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 fucking Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes there. And what what's the what's the audience grade? Do you know? Fifty four. Uh, tw- twenty something. Oh, no, wait, I that's think. that's that's when the bow breaks. So it's twenty something. Okay, so it's super bad. Here's the thing. This is a bad movie, but you have to go see it. It is. Okay. It is. I'm just, I was the only person in the theater and I was just, I was having a blast. There were so many times where I just look up at the ceiling and go, no, this is so dumb. And it is really stupid. It is, uh, so there's kind of a, uh, well, I'll kind of tell you what the disappointments room is. It's not really spoiling anything. Okay. But they find this room that's kind of not listed in the blueprints of the house and everything. And of course, she would have the blueprints being an uh, architect and she's remodeling and all this jazz. Uh, so she's like, this is not in there. She gets uh, kind of trapped in the room and then loses some time, has some weird flashbacks and sort of stuff, has some, uh, sees some disturbing images and whatnot. And uh, it turns out that like back in the day, there was, uh, you know, well-to-do families that had like a child that had, you know, problems, be they like behavioral or, you know, disease or what have you, right. uh, that they did not want at higher end, you know, social functions or even in daily life would be put off into this uh, kind of uh, this little room that's off from the, you know, shelter from everyone. They can't go out. Usually they don't have a window or anything. And that's where they just hide away their entire lives, usually uh, hopefully ending in depth death at the end and we learned this from a uh, a little uh, a little person who kind of like runs a library and stuff i guess she's kind of like the exposition lady as i'll call her but this movie and uh but it kind of deals with her relationship with that and figuring out what's going on 
this movie, it tries to... The, the nice part about it is the part that makes this movie, this bad movie work, is that it's honest. Okay. Is that it's it's being done... You you know bad movies, like like somebody just goes, hey, we're going to go out and we're going to make a bad movie. Usually those, that's not like... Those usually aren't fun because yeah. they know what they're doing. This is a movie that was made in earnest that everybody, every second, said, we are making a good fucking movie. We are, we are putting our heart and soul into this, and we are saying something with what we're doing, and it's just bad. It is just bad. There is a, there's, a, there's a dinner scene where they have some friends over and stuff, and out of, for no fucking reason, in their dining hall, which looks like, which looks great, it's got right. like this kind of like paper sort of like kind of chandelier sort of thing that you'd see at Ikea. It's got this, these lovely plates. Everything's out there. There's art on this back wall. And then on the opposite wall where the husband's sitting, in a big giant neon sign that is never referenced, that is never ever fucking talked about, is a hot and now Krispy Kreme sign. As it should be? In a fucking dining room. Yeah, why it not? It is bizarre. They're they're in Greensboro. I'm like, what is the point of this? They're in North Carolina. In in their in the dining room of their house. These people yeah, moved from 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 New York City to North Carolina, and they're like, hmm, the, we've got the this ne- giant neon hot now sign. Let's put that in the well, dining the, room. The, the neon like helps them cope with the fact that now they live uh, not in the city. I guess it is. It is bizarre, and I don't want to talk too much about what goes on, but there's some, like, really kind of... DJ Caruso tries some real fucking arty shit that just... It's so bad, but it's fun. God, it's Uh fun. He is... He clearly, clearly has a fucking hard-on for The Shining. The Shining is a big fucking influence in this, so much so that the kid has a fucking nickname uh, that's... um, it's like squirt or something like that. It's something very, very, you know, kind of doc esque. So much so that this kid has a fucking bowl cut and everything, right? Yep. He doesn't have no shining powers, but there's a little bit of that action going on. There's obviously some very much Rosemary's Baby shit going on, big time, especially in some almost kind of very, uh, very, very tight profile Kate Beckinsale shots, man, uh, that are just very, very Polanski esque. Uh, this is this is DJ Caruso's love letter to movies that he likes, and it's it's bad, but it's so bad that I had a blast watching it. It's just it's garbage. It is totally disposable. The story is not good. Um, what the ending is not very satisfying. You're just like, well, that it's it's a very well that just happened kind of thing. But it is 100 percent worth watching because it is just. It's pure garbage, but I think if you get some friends together and get drinking, the, you will have a blast at this thing. Go see it. There's no one no one will be in the theater with you. It will not happen. And they so overdid the sound design. It was great. Just so much dripping water coming out from all five channels. It is just surround it's bad, but it's so fun. Okay. I, I give it a recommend. All right. Well, but I'll, I, I'll try to check I it give out. it I give it a D I give it a D minus, but I give it a hard recommend. Okay, well, uh, switching gears slightly from that, I went to see Morgan. Okay, now this, this I was like I said, I was interested in seeing this, but man, with the timing and shit, things did not work out well. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, the trailer for this movie is shit. Uh, it gives away a little too much, although it mostly gives away a little too much about the first half of the film, hmm. um, which I guess is a plus, but even watching the trailer, you're just like, holy shit, do I need to go see this movie, which is the problem with the trailer. Um, and, and why this fucking movie opened in 18th place. Mm. Um, so this is directed by Luke Scott. Okay. That name should sound familiar, Mm -hmm. uh, because, uh, he is, I believe, uh, Ridley's Ridley's son. son. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, this, the Scott family has, has quite a film pedigree, kind of all of them dabble in it. Uh, if not focus exclusively on it and um this movie uh is about kate mara who plays this uh character lee weathers who goes to this remote research facility to um decide whether or not uh an experiment 
which is an artificially created uh, human or humanoid, uh, is is still viable after a uh, violent outburst. So uh, basically, at the at the beginning of this film, you have this outsider coming into this. Uh, science experiment which uh, is set up very much uh, like big happy family because they've been living out there for years uh, with just the uh, seven of them and uh, you know uh, interacting with this humanoid as it grows like it's a like it's a child mm -hmm. um, but it has an accelerated growth rate accelerated uh, mental capabilities and other powers as they find out yeah um, it's five years old uh, but like is, is a fully functional looks like uh, like Somewhere late mid teens or, okay, mid teens. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Um, so we're talking mid teens, like fourteen, fifteen, something like that, right? Okay. Um. So uh. Anyway, this movie has quite a cast on it. There's yeah, uh, there's as I said, Kate Mara, Rose Leslie, uh, Toby Jones is in it, um, Michelle Yeoh. Brian Cox, Jennifer Jason Lee, Paul Giamatti, Jesus, um, and many other people who are in smaller roles that do quite well. Uh, Chris Sullivan, who um, was in uh, Stranger Things as the the uh, guy who owns the diner at the beginning of the sh show that yeah, gets yeah. killed. Um, uh, so he's good in it. And um, anyway, uh, things in this movie are not always what they seem. And uh, it, it does play a little bit like Ex Machina in that what we're questioning is um, the creation of life and our responsibility to that as well as what an artificial intelligence may or may not entail. Um, and, and all of the problems around that. Um, but basically, we find out slowly that the corporation is interested in developing these beings as weapons. And so, um, while the film spends a lot of time talking about the uh, psychological viability of the Morgan program, um, it's actually like a much broader complication that ends up happening when, uh, when this... Uh, artificial being cannot be controlled and that's not giving too much away that's literally in the fucking trailer which is why i said it gives away a little too much yeah um but there's some nice twists uh paul giamatti comes in uh about a quarter of the way through the film and gives just a uh fucking tremendous scene uh in the movie um before being quickly dispatched which is also in the trailer uh and and really starting off a shitstorm. um this movie is very well made. It looks fucking amazing. It's gorgeous, right? Uh, I would expect nothing less than a, than at least a good-looking movie from anybody in the Scott family. I was about to say, you come from the Scott family, chances are you're putting out a good-looking film, if nothing. Yeah, well, the, like, the one thing you should have learned if you're <laughs> one of the kids of Tony or Ridley is, is like, what a good shot looks like. Yeah. Um, not not necessarily story structure or anything like that, because Lord knows both of them had their issues from time to time. Yeah. Um, but, uh, here's, here's the thing. This movie is not bad. It's, it's solid. It's, it is not, it's a little better than mediocre, which I know sounds like faint praise, but, um, I'm, I'm really not meaning it that way. Uh, this movie is worth your time. It's formulaic is all shit. It's, it's, uh, got echoes all up and down it of not only Ex Machina, but also several of Ridley's films. Um, which I think also hurts it uh, sometimes because you're constantly thinking like, oh, here's here's uh, Luke Scott making a film like Ridley Scott would have made, but it's not quite as good as a Ridley Scott movie. Right. It's not it's not fucking Blade Runner, right? Um, but it gets quite uh, quite down and dirty. Uh, there's some really fun uh, fight scenes in it, uh, believe it or not, um, because we we come to find out that Kate Mara's character. While she is a corporate uh, risk management consultant, uh, risk management for this corporation means something very specific having to do with uh, being able to contain oh. outbreaks. Okay. Um, so uh, 
there's some badassery that goes on in this movie nice. is, is what I'm saying. Uh, so I'm going to give this one a hearty recommend. Uh, it's probably not going to be in theaters, maybe not even this weekend, maybe not. Uh, but um, definitely check it out at some point. I think this is a, a very solid rental. Um, if, if not, like uh, I, I might even recommend if you're a fan of thrillers and, uh, and sci-fi stuff like this and you're, and you're just down with the topic, um, it might be a blind purchase if you find it cheap enough. Oh. So uh, Morgan gets my recommendation. For me, it worked uh, perfectly. And it's also very short. It's like an hour and a half. Hmm. So uh, check out Morgan, everybody. Very cool. All right. So uh, we got one release that we've seen between the two, between the twixt of us. Nah? Hmm? Huh? No. Yep. Uh, so let's get into it. Here is the trailer for Sully. the trailer for Sully, our uh, joint new release review of the week. IMDb Plotline, the story of uh, Ch- Chesley Sullenberger, who became a hero after gliding his plane along the water in the Hudson River, saving all of the airplane, uh, saving all of the airplane flights. You wrote this. Fu- oh, I see. It's terribly written. Saving all the airplane flights, 155 crew and passengers. Fuck you, IMDb. Uh, this is directed by Clint Eastwood, starring Tom Hanks, Aaron Eckhart, Laura Lenny. Uh, you also got Mike O'Malley and a gun and more. Um, I don't know. Anybody see this? Anybody see this uh, thing? It was in the news a little bit. Matt. Matt's dead. Well, we'll still look here. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Okay. I had to I like reposition the mic, and here we are. Uh, I believe it was called uh, The Miracle on the Hudson, TM. Yep, tr- tr- trademark, uh, copyright 2000 and what, seven? I don't know. I don't remember when it was. Was this that far along? No. I, don't, I don't remember. I don't. I just saw this movie, and I can't tell you what fucking year it was in. Uh, 2009. There no, we go. Wait a minute. Yes, 2009. Yep. January 15, 2009. 2009. Yeah. Yes. Uh, oddly enough... The uh, the CEO, the founder of the company I worked for, was on that flight. Uh huh. There you go. Because it was. Does uh, he does, has he talked about it to you? Yeah. Well, he hasn't talked about it to me personally, but he did do a TED talk on it. Actually. Why did he give a TED talk on it? Mm, I don't know specifically why, but I mean, because he was like, he's a businessman. Uh-huh. Kind of a big leader and stuff, and it's just like uh, if you look it up, it's like what I learned by. Um, you know, the flight of whatever. Sounds like shit. 
I mean, it's it's okay. I mean, basically, it's just it's, you know taking well, it's a TED talk, taking t- that's, stock that's of one's one strike life. against it. Ooh, ooh, snap! You you you're on you're on uh, you're on call out here, uh, fucking TED talks. At least I, it wasn't a TED. I'm anti TED talk. At least it wasn't a TEDx talk, right? Uh, definitely not a fucking TEDx talk. <laughs> this is the underground basement TED shit. I don't want. I don't care what most people want to say about that shit. Right, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, here's the thing. Here's what I was hoping for, Matt, because there's just like uh, the story, like the trailer kind of tags it as like the untold story of the miracle in the Hudson. And yeah, you pretty much know what's going to happen in this movie. It's what happened in real life. You do know everything that happens. One thing that most people don't know, I think, and what the trailer advertises correctly, I think, is is that, you know, he was making all of these press appearances Mm -hmm. and and like being portrayed and discussed in a very heroic way. But, uh, like the, the investigation against him, the, the like attempt to ruin his career was real. And, uh, that was not widely reported on. It's in the book. If you read the book, but, uh, like really it was just not even like most people I think probably don't even realize that was happening. No, I don't, I don't think so at all. I think, yeah, that is the big thing. And honestly, it's, it's one of the more interesting parts of this entire movie. Well, yeah, I mean, it's the only really interesting thing. I mean, because the the crash stuff is shown well enough. I mean, and that's the thing is that it's not like, and they even say it in there, it's not really a crash. It's a forced landing because, you know, everybody survives. It wasn't super horrific, and uh, but it's it's shot competently well. I mean, at at this point in his career, uh, you know, Clint Eastwood has a good handle on this kind of stuff. I mean, he's a very competent director. You may not love everything that he does, but what he puts out is very competent. Yes, I think we can all. I think we can all agree on that. Um, but I mean, it's it's good, but I don't know that there's anything super to write home about. Tom Hanks gives a fine performance. Yeah, uh, as 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 always, you know. I mean, he's you know uh, who who doesn't fucking love Tom Hanks? You're a weirdo. Actually, Sean's girlfriend doesn't like Tom Hanks. Wait, what? Yeah. She says mm. and I and I I, I think that's a deal breaker, man. I didn't notice it in this one, but you know what she, you know what the excuse is? She has weird hands. He has weird hands? He has weird hands, yeah. I I don't even I literally don't even know what you're talking about. They're like too big for him. Is that what she's saying? Yeah. I don't think that's true. I don't I it's weird. I don't know. Like you and when you see it and when you hear it and you kind of look at it, you're like, maybe a little bit, but I don't know. It didn't distract me in this movie, and I had already heard it before. So, well, I mean, like, I, <laughs> like I guess it's all like, like, look, I'm looking at this picture of uh, of Hanks on the set of uh, uh, Bridge of Spies mm-hmm. with with Spielberg here. All right, and uh, and he's got his hand right in front of Spielberg's face, and it does look like he could smother him with it, uh, like like just full face, yeah, palm that guy. But uh, like Tom Hanks is also a big dude for an actor. Say, yeah, he's a big guy. For most actors, are you know probably a bit on the on the smaller side. He's a big guy. Yeah, he he's uh he he's definitely not uh, like five three. You yeah, know what I mean, he's, like he's probably like right he, dead dead even he's six. I'd say dead even six feet. Yeah, uh, by by all uh, estimations. Um, I don't know, man. I think I mean look. It's not like he's fucking. He's a national uh, fucking treasure. He's he's not Donald Trump with like really small tiny <laughs> midget hands or anything. I show you right. my hands and I do the okay has, sign. I guess large hands. all of the time. But don't we want our stars to have big hands? Because you know what big hands means. It means they got to wear big gloves. All I gotta think of is just the, his blazing set. It's like how do he do such amazing stunts with such tiny feet? <laughs> <laughs> One of uh, my favorite lines because it's so fucking stupid. Well, uh, look, like Tom, Tom Hanks uh, is a goddamn national treasure. Yep. Uh, he, he's that. America's sweetheart. Uh, took that title right away from Meg Ryan back and in the Julia 90s. Roberts go, fuck all you bitches. This one's fuck mine. All you. <laughs> I'm America's sweetheart. I'm doing this. Um, and you're going to watch me in that new fucking Angels and Demons movie, and you're still going to like it, even though yeah. it's sure to be garbage, just like the but last two were. You're damn right. And here's the real question. Uh, will that movie with Tom Hanks, with brunette Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. do better than this movie with white-haired Tom Hanks? That's no. the real question on everybody's mind. I don't believe so. See, here's the thing. 
I think that the reason this thing did so well is because this is such a recent memory that everybody knows, and they know going in, everyone's going to survive, and it's going to be feel good. Yeah. Well, the, the, uh, my my friend uh, uh, um, Kelly put this out on uh, Twitter. Um, she was like, "If if you think that watching an eighty six year old man's love letter to New York." Uh, and the resiliency of America on the weekend of September 11th's anniversary is something that sounds good to you, then Sully is going to make you happy. Yeah, I'd say so. And I, and I didn't hate it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. No, uh, it's it's perfectly fine. I mean, it's not again. It's nothing to write home about. But it's not a it's it's not a may. I don't. I didn't go like, wow, what a time at the movies. I just no. went. That was good. And it is good. Um, it, it is, uh, better than American Sniper, which made a shit ton more money than this. Uh, it's definitely better than Jersey Boys. It's better than J. Edgar. It's better than Hereafter. It's better than Invictus. So, uh, what we have here is like, uh, Eastwood's best movie since Gran Torino. And I didn't even like Gran Torino all that much. I, I, I think I'd put, I, I, mm. I think Sully's better than Gran Torino. Oh, I think Sully's better than Gran Torino too. I don't. I don't know. However, and this is the big one for me. I don't think at all that Sully is better than Changeling, which I think is Eastwood's most underrated movie in the past like twenty years. I still haven't watched that one. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. Yeah, I remember. I remember back in the day you talking about that one. Uh, but yeah, it's. I don't know. Sully's good, man. It's it's one of the best things he's done in years. I mean, I, like I, I liked American Sniper a, a bit more than you did. I mean, you know, politics all aside, I thought it was pretty decent filmmaking on his part. I just Except for the fucking like, baby, they can't, you I just can't thought deny it was that boring, guy. and they had shitty fucking baby in you there. Can't and, deny that goddamn baby. <laughs> and like, and 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 quite honestly, like that fucking oh. baby makes me question the competency of the rest of that whole oh. movie. Like once once I start noticing that <laughs> shit, and I'm and I'm just like, okay, if this is a good decision you made. I feel then, then what else is going on? I feel fucking? horrible that I didn't see the baby the first time. That I was just like that it was something You were that, you were just down with it. You were wrapped was, up in that I was, I was emotionality. So in, I was so inside of the movie that like I didn't even know the flopping baby. And sure as shit, it's just like now now you can't not see it. Yep. It is just that just like he's holding up just a fake ass fucking baby, ain't he? <laughs> he's just flopping that hand up and down with his thumb. He's he's doing like the worst fucking vaudeville shitty little act that you've ever seen. I should have tweeted that fucking gif out on Trying to act his ass off. I mean, God bless Bradley Cooper, but it's so bad. I'd be like, I'd look at him and be like, Clint, how close are you in on this fucking shot? I mean, yeah. like, where's where's my camera line at? Because I got to see what this is. Yeah. But, I mean, you can't blame the man. Like, what, 80 fucking years old, still going out, still banging out a movie a year. Probably 86. 86, God almighty. Still one of the most prolific filmmakers in the, in you know, the twilight years of his life. And I think that's what's keeping him kicking, man, is that, You're you know. probably not wrong. He brings them in. He brings them in on time, under budget and everything. So they're going to let him do whatever the fuck he wants. And when they get responses like this, you open up number one at the box office, Cricks love you, fans love you. They're going to give him whatever the fuck he wants to. Even if something's like Jersey Girl and hits the shit, they're just like, he. he we can bank on the majority of things he does, you know, hitting off well, fairly he, and well. His, so, his movies you know. don't cost anything. Exactly. That's the real key. Like, like even uh, American Sniper, relative to everything else, cost zero fucking money. Oh yeah, right. Like, and it it was it banked right, like it, big time. That that was the highest grossing movie in the domestic box office. Weird that year, right? It beat out all that shit, all the Marvel, yeah. every fucking thing else. It made three hundred and fifty million fucking dollars. Crazy. It cost fifty eight million dollars to make. That in and of itself. And the big thing is too is it looks really good. Well, and that in and of itself is like that's reason for Warner Brothers to just be like, look, this guy cleared like a five hundred percent intake on one film. You want to do a horrible version of uh, Jersey Boys? Why not? Yeah, whatever the fuck. We'll sure. just eat. We'll eat it. Whatever, man. We'll eat it because you gave us. You know, you gave us five. You could do. You could do three Jersey Boys, and you'd still only just break even with us. Well, well, and and here's the crazy thing about Jersey Boys: still made money. I don't know what that one made. It, well, it, it cost forty million to make domestically. It took in forty-seven million yeah, well. internationally, over twenty million. It made money, yeah, and okay. it was bad. That's I mean that's 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 pretty much a break-even for them. So you know that's not bad. Yeah, 
I mean, I don't think that he's had uh, what is verifiably a flop uh, in seriously like 20 years because everything that he does costs between 30 and 50 million American snipers on the high end and everything else at least internationally does well. And it looks like he's got, he's got another movie already on the mend here, man. So uh, it's called the ballad of Richard Jewell. That's a horrible name, but I think it's an interesting subject matter to, to take on, I guess. I mean, probably, He's doing Richard Jewell? I guess so. That's what INDB says. Okay. It's called The Battle of Richard Richard Jewell. It's rumored. It's rumored at this point. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a fascinating uh, story, man. Because oh, okay, of- okay. I'm already on board. You know why? Why? Richard Jewell, Jonah Hill. I'm on board. You I'm think? On- that, well, that's what it's, that's what's, li- at least that's what's listed on IMDb. Well, uh, yeah, but. Um, I'm down for whatever. Yeah, I'm down for that too. Also, that story is fucking uh, amazing. It is actually, and, and um, because you know, uh, for those of you out there who don't remember, Richard Jewell was the guy who was accused of um, bombing the Centennial Olympic Park during the '96 uh, Olympic Games here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, he alerted police to uh, to a backpack and then like helped evacuate. Um, but he was later considered a suspect and it kind of damaged his, his reputation. Drug that guy through the fucking shitter, man. Uh, and, and he fucking uh, it was innocent. Turns right? out, didn't do a <laughs> damn completely thing. Completely innocent. And uh, then, like, he died uh, yeah. at age 44. Crazy, uh, man. But you got, I mean, you got Jonah Hill, you got Leonardo DiCaprio, directed by Clint Eastwood. Sign me the fuck up. I'm, yeah, uh, I'll watch I'm, that. I'm already there, man. Um, so that's it, everybody. That's it. We did a show, you know. And we did it. And my computer still has five percent battery life. Holy shit! So we're gonna we're gonna wrap everything up here. So Matt, tell them a little bit about what we got coming up next week. Holy shit! What do we got coming up next week? We got Blair Witch. I didn't know this was Blair coming. Witch. I haven't watched the trailer. I am super super fucking excited. Well, it's it's the new one uh, from Adam Wingard. Mm-hmm. Early word says it perhaps adheres a little too closely to the original's formula, but I got to tell you. I fucking love Adam Wingard, bro. I'm a uh, fan. Your next is really amazing. The guest, fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm down with that shit. Uh, we also have Snowden, new Oliver Stone movie. Early reviews coming out of Toronto uh, is that it's uh, not super great. But I gotta say, I like Oliver Stone when he's full on like liberal conspiracy crazy. Mm-hmm. Me too. I think he's fucking good. Uh, and then uh, also the big one. Uh, Bridget Jones's baby, which I will see, but uh, you may not. Adam. I may not. I have not seen a Bridget Jones movie. I, I they're good. I, I just they're good, man. I have no real there, one. Let me say there is a reason that Renee Zellweger uh, became like a star. Yes, yeah, and it was Jerry not Maguire. necessarily. It was Boom. not Jerry Maguire. That was what made her a name. What made her a star that people like was the Bridget Jones movies. Eh, fair enough. And and it's because they're good. I'll, I'll take your word for it. So we may, <laughs> I just, I got, I look at that trailer and I just go, this is going to be awful. And not in an awful, I can enjoy it way like I did with the disappointments room. So who's to say? Anyways, we'll cover that stuff and maybe more and who fuck else knows. And uh, we'll, we'll have a bonus episode up in not too long when we figure out, you know, kind of what to do. Uh, we haven't really kind of thought about it, but we'll put it up because we want to, we want to get, you know, we want to get the 52 for the year as, as always. So uh, we'll bring you something. So that is it. Until next week, everybody, from Matt Smith, I'm Adam Porches. Take it easy, everybody.
I chose this song because I, I I saw like somebody linked up a video of just like uh, Rick James just coked out of his mind on CNN. Yeah, it was so fucking good. <laughs> They're just like slap some fucking work glasses on this motherfucker and send him on in there. They're like, we can't do it. He's he's out of his fucking mind. Just let him go. Let just put him on. He's got to do the thing. He like he'd just been acquitted of whatever the most recent charge on him was at the time, <laughs> and he refused to talk about it, but yet wanted to get up and dance and sing and just 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 be fucking James Brown. Just coked out on whatever, man. So fucking good. Well, that sounds fun. But yeah, I think I'm gonna try to hit Morgan on Thursday because I think yeah, I looked I looked around. It is gone next weekend, brother. If Friday Dude, it try is, to, it try is to check it out. It's out of it here. is solid, man. I enjoyed it. I went in expecting it not to be good because I like I'd seen the trailer, you know. Yeah. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised. Well, we will have to take a look, and I'll report on that one next week. All right, week, man. So, all right, everybody. We'll uh, talk to you guys later. <laughs>